haven't been here, you haven't seen on Instagram or anything else in the last few weeks, uh, American Idol is American Idols, sorry, is our new series. And we're going to be looking at this modern idea of idolatry. And so I don't know about you guys, but whenever I was a kid, when people would talk about like having idols and stuff, I pictured almost like what the, I think it's the Oscars, the statues, like the golden man that's like just standing like this. Like that's what I pictured as an idol was like a 90 foot tall version of that. Just like a man, a golden man, like standing. And so I was like, oh, well, okay. I see that the Bible people did this, but we don't have idols today. So this is just something that doesn't matter. And even... <clears throat> even into like my teen years, I was like 13, 14. And I still thought that like this idea of idols was some sort of outdated, <clears throat> like praising statues kind of things. Um, and honestly, it was around that time. <clears throat> I was, I was in my early teens around 13 or so when American Idol first aired. And, it came on as a show that was – the idea was that these people – it's the same show as it is now. Like these people would sing. People would judge them. America would vote on who they thought the best singer was, and then that person would become a famous singer. Okay? And I was like, well, that's not a horrible idea. One, I'm not a huge like pop music fan. Obviously, you could tell by my skills of naming artists from 30 years ago. But <clears throat> whenever I heard this word American Idol – you know, I grew up in church. I had never really heard the word idol used <clears throat> outside of church. And so <clears throat> I thought it was kind of weird that they chose to use this word. Like, why did they choose American idol? <clears throat> Sorry, guys, I got something in my throat. And honestly, um, immediately when, we, when American Idol started, I hated the show. Like, my youth pastor... He would, uh, he would have watch parties at his house for it because he loved the show. And so he'd be like, I don't even know. What night was it on? Does anyone know? Like Mondays or something? I don't know. Maybe it was Sunday night or something. But Okay, go ahead. Um, <clears throat> so Sunday nights, uh, it would come on. And like after church, we would all go over to his house and watch it. Well, I mainly went for like, uh, no. Just the social aspect of it to like sit and talk. Wow, thanks. Yes, I only went because of the food. I was like, <clears throat> I was like, uh, it's like, yes, I don't want to watch the music. I just want to eat the Oreos. Um, so, so anyway, um, but I hated the show. Like I hated the whole premise that we were going to select like our new idol. Like it just sounded really weird. And to me, it just sounded very unbiblical. And so... Um, you know, I hated it because one, like I said, I didn't super care about like popular music of the day, but two, I didn't like it cause they included the word idol. And I just thought that was really weird. Now, not long after that, I realized that an idol doesn't have to be like some giant golden statue. An idol can be literally anything. Idols come in all shapes and sizes. And in fact, if you look up the definition of the word idol, it says an image or a representation of a god used as an object of worship. And when I think about things in our current lives that we may worship, many of the things that we do 
And many of the things that we spend our time on or things that we worship with our attention come to mind. Now, I'm not saying that I think that people are at home like putting their phone on like a, an upright wireless charger and like bowing down to it or something. Or like, like I, I don't think we worship our phones and our TVs and our cars and things like that. Like, I don't think we worship them to the extent that we're like literally bowing down to it and like praying to it or something. Like, that's not what I'm talking about here. But I'm just saying that what we spend our time on, what we focus our attention on and what we care about is truly what we idolize. It's what we worship with our mindset. And, and clearly, you know, we have to, our time's valuable, right? Like, I mean, in, a, in like a broad general sense of like the world, like, oh yes, our time is super valuable here on earth. Like, oh, we only have so many years, so much time on earth, so our time's valuable, but in, in a smaller spectrum, we only have so many hours in the day and we have all these school and activities and work and all the things that we have to do throughout the day. Our time is something that's very valuable. And so we're trained from a very young age to not waste our time on stuff that we don't like or that we don't care about, Right. I mean, why would I waste my time or spend my attention on something that I don't like or I don't care about? And, and clearly there are things in our lives that we care more about than other things. For example, I care more about my family than I care about my clothes. Okay, like it's no shock to anyone in here that I'm not exactly a fashionista. Like, okay, I've literally been wearing a shoe with a hole in the side for like... I know I'm not wearing green, but I don't even, I didn't even know it was St. Patrick's Day. So, yeah, whatever. Um, so, anyway, but I care more about my family than I do my clothes. Obviously, my clothes are important because if I went out without my clothes, I could get arrested. But, like, so clothes, clothes are something that's important in my life, but... In reality, I care more about my family than I do my clothes and what I wear. And, and now, this sounds silly to say that I care more about my family than I care about my clothes. Because everyone in here, I don't think you would be like, yeah, you can kill my family member so that I can keep this blouse. Like, <laughs> don't be like, well, maybe some of them. No, but, but realistically, like, listen, we wouldn't. We wouldn't sacrifice our family member to keep clothes. Like we can always get new clothes and stuff like that. But, and, and so I'm just saying this to create a point that things in our lives have different levels of importance. And, and of course I could take this a step further and I could make the two options a lot closer. Like for those of you who can drive, and I know that's not everyone in here, but you can imagine if you could drive. What is more important to you, your cell phone or your car? If I told you you can either have a cell phone or your car keys, which one would you choose? That's a rhetorical question. But I'm just saying, like, I'm just saying, like, we could, we could sit here and we could make these decisions harder, right? Like, it doesn't have to be clothes and family. Hey, guys, focus up here. I know there's a lot going on, people walking around, but focus up here. 
It's not always so distinctive like clothes and family. Sometimes it's like car and phone. Like both things are super important in our everyday life. But they're both things that aren't nearly as important as our family. Or like there's, so on this spectrum, there's all sorts of things <clears throat> that we care about. And we understand that they have certain priorities. So we could do this on and on. But we get the idea that certain things we prioritize over other things. So if you chose one thing over something else, it would be fair to say that with your life and with your actions, you worship one over the other, right? Like I, I, with my actions, and I'm not saying I worship my family, okay, but like I, I care more about my family. I spend time on it. I'm devoted to my family. So I worship that a lot more than I do spending time picking out what I wear every day, okay? Like, so we can understand that on this spectrum, we worship things more than other. <clears throat> or in other words, we idolize certain things more than we idolize other things. Now, I, see, I know that that felt like a really long road to get to this word idolize for you guys to understand something you probably understood when you walked in here. That to idolize something means that you care about it and you, you like it. And I'm sure that some of you can already see where we're going with this. But if we choose to spend our time, our energy, and our effort on something over God, we quickly find ourselves doing this thing that I thought, whenever I was your age, was an outdated Old Testament teaching in this idea of having other idols before God. And, and so... I think that when we look at this, and if we, if we really take a second, and, and we're about to do something pretty serious, so I want you guys to be with me in this headspace. But if we genuinely take a second to think about the things that we prioritize over our relationship with God, we start to realize how many idols we truly have in our lives. And so for the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk about a few items that people in our country today idolize over God or what some people might call American idols. You see what I did there? Yeah. OK. Yeah. Yeah. I'll give myself a round of applause on that one. <clears throat> and, and I want to be honest. Like as we talk through these American idols, there's going to be some things that you struggle with because I picked five or four, well, counting today, five, pretty broad things. And we're going to talk about pieces in them. So there's going to be some things that you do struggle with that we talk through this. And there's going to be other things that maybe you don't struggle with. But, but hear me out because I can tell you guys that from my own experience, some of the things that I struggled with, like focusing my attention on and essentially idolizing whenever I was a teenager are not the same things that I idolize now. Like what you, what is important to you and what you focus on changes throughout the course of your life. And so even if you're sitting here and I'm talking about something, you're like, man, I don't struggle with that. I don't, I'm not even like care about that at all. Please listen because it could be something that years from now you think back and you go, man, I remember when Brian was talking about people who idolize this, how we can fight against that. Over the next five weeks, we're going to talk about things that 
modern day people in America idolize. Okay, so American idols. And, you know, I think the thing that's interesting, and we talked about, like, obviously some people may struggle with one thing and other people struggle with another. But what's interesting is every person's priorities can be totally different, right? Like, I am not expecting all of those papers to have the exact same answers all the way down. Like, I'm expecting those answers to be all over the place, honestly. And so every person's priorities are totally different. But the the ultimate thing is who gets to determine what your priorities are? Yeah, you do, right? I mean, God would have been another good answer, but whatever. We are in church. No, but realistically, you guys get to determine what your priorities are. The things you prioritize in your life are what you choose to prioritize in your life. And obviously, the first part of idolizing anything over God is that on some level, you care more about what you want to do than you care about what God wants you to do. Do you understand that? Because if you... If you idolize anything more than you idolize and worship God, then you care more about what you want than what God wants. And so tonight our first American idol that we are going to look at is honestly and truly the root of all other idols. All other idolatry points back to tonight's idol, which is ourselves. Now, if you think you're the first person to care more about what you want than what God wants, I would challenge you to literally open the Bible to any page. But you could turn to Genesis, literally the first humans that were ever created, Adam and Eve. They chose what they thought they wanted in having the knowledge of good and evil over what God told them they could have, which was literally everything else. And in that moment... They idolized themselves over idolizing God. In the moment when Eve was convinced that the tree would make her, quote, like God, she chose making herself like God over choosing to follow God. And it doesn't just stop there, because if you read and continue in Scripture, you can literally find that every single character in the Bible, at one time or another, chose themselves and what they wanted, and what they thought was best, and what they thought made them look good, over what God had told them to do, to the extent that where Paul writes in Romans 3.23, that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So literally every human in the history of man has at multiple points in their lives put themselves and their own needs and their own desires above God's commands and desires for their life. And that includes every single one of you in here, including myself. So don't think that I'm saying this from someplace greater or higher. Or Guys, I have things in my life that I'm not proud of. I have things in my life that I struggle with. Man, I don't focus on God nearly as much as I do a lot of the other things in my life. And I have the stupid screen time thing that pops up every Sunday morning telling me how much time I spend on my phone. And all I can think is, my gosh, if I would have spent those five hours a day in God's word instead of, yeah, it's usually somewhere between four and six. Okay. Yeah. My highest is 13. Okay. We're all so proud of you. No, but I realistically think 
No, I'm serious. When that pops up, and, and I'm just being honest because I just ask you to be honest with me, right? So I'm going to sit here and I'll be honest with you guys. When that pops up every Sunday, and sometimes it says four, and I'm like, man, wasn't a bad week. Four hours a day that I'm spending on my phone, that, and I spend a fraction of that in the Word of God. And then some weeks it pops up and it says six, and I'm like, man, I'm such a horrible person. Like, no, but realistically, like, if I took that amount of time that I idolize my phone and the things that I do on it and the things that I look at and the things that I watch, and, and if I took that time and I invested it instead in my relationship with God and studying his word, man, my life would be drastically different. I mean, we're not talking like, oh, I'd be a little bit better Christian. No, I'm talking like I would be so much more in tune with God and his desires for my life and how he wants me to lead this ministry and how he wants me to help guide this church. Like, the difference between me idolizing my phone for four hours a week, for four hours a day per week, versus spending time with God four hours a day per week would radically change my life. So don't for don't for a second think that any of the stuff we're talking about makes you bad or weird that you have desires to go against God because the Bible tells us that literally every single human in the history of the world outside of Jesus, has, has gone against God's desires. <clears throat> but at the same time, we have to realize that this isn't just something that we can be like, oh, everyone struggles with this, so it's okay. I don't want you to think that you're a bad person, but I want you to realize that idolizing things over God is a serious, serious issue. And it's a serious issue in your heart that you sit and you love things and you want things and you desire things more than you desire to have a relationship with a God who not only created you, but sent his one and only son to die for you. But I won't get off Facebook to talk to him for a second. And, and by doing this, you're literally telling God who gave his son on your behalf that what you want and the things that you like in your life are more important than his son was. You're saying, God, I know that you really love Jesus and all, but go ahead and have him killed so that I can watch TikTok. Like that's what you're saying with your actions. And by doing this, we're taking advantage of and abusing the sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross for us. Guys, Jesus died for our sins because God knew that we couldn't be perfect. And so I'm not going to sit here and try to make you guys feel like horrible people because you sin and you're selfish sometimes and you, and you like things and you want what you want. I'm not trying to make you like, I'm not trying to hurt you with that. But man, when we don't even try to live a life that honors God, it shows that we don't appreciate or maybe we just don't understand the magnitude of what Jesus did on the cross for us. Living a life just like all of your lost friends, but knowing you have the security of believing in Jesus is not what a Christian life is about. And it's not what a Christian life should look like. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. 
If you're looking for a key verse to take out of today, if you strongly struggle with this idea of idolizing yourself and what you want, man, write down that verse. Memorize that verse. I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Guys, what Paul is saying here is when you turn your life over to Christ, when you experience salvation and you believe in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ for your sins, you are literally saying that your life before you experience salvation is done. Your old desires, your old self, your old idols, they died on the cross with Jesus. Now, this this doesn't mean then that we continue to live our life the way that we used to. It means that we've been transformed into the image of Christ, which we've talked about over the last few weeks, how important it is to be transformed in the image of Christ through this process of sanctification, which we talked about as the big church word for becoming like Jesus. And this is all symbolized by baptism. Guys, and and this is just a very minor note here. Baptism is not something that saves you or gets you into heaven. It is a representation, it is a visual and representation and a public Statement that you are buried, your old self is dead and is buried with Jesus Christ. And you are risen, transformed by Jesus to be a new person, committing your life and devoted to serving God. And you, and you live a life that honors him and honors the sacrifice that he made. Does this mean that the temptation of your, of your selfish desires and your sins completely goes away? No, of course not. Just because you experienced salvation and got dunked in water doesn't mean you're not still tempted. For crying out loud, Jesus was tempted. Throughout the New Testament, Satan was trying to get at Jesus. But what should go away is this passive feeling we have towards sin. I mean, in my own life, I can just tell you how many times I've done something wrong and I've found a way to explain it away. Like, oh, that wasn't that bad. You know, it wasn't horrible that I did that. Oh, I needed to do that because I was helping someone. Whatever it is, we have this passive feeling towards sin. Man, that should go away when you become a Christian. You should be convicted. Your heart should break. It should feel like you're seriously taking a nail and a hammer and driving a nail into Jesus' wrist every time you sin. Because that's literally what you're doing. Man, I don't, I don't care how long you've been a Christian in this room. Like I know a lot of you in here and I've, and I've talked with you and I've heard your testimonies and I know that you've been going to this church since you were a baby, right? And, and I don't care for a second and God doesn't care for a second how long you've been a Christian if your heart is not right with God. Man, if you're here tonight and you're living in your sin and your idolatry of yourself and the things that you focus on. Tonight, you need to get your heart right with God. And I'm not saying you need to re-experience salvation or anything like that. But maybe, maybe you got baptized and you didn't even understand what it meant. You didn't understand what salvation meant. But you did it because other people were doing it or something. And you're sitting here going, man, I never... I never experienced this transformation in my life. I've never lived out what I've done. Man, you need to talk to someone and make sure that you are right with God tonight. Or, or maybe you're here tonight 
And you're like, I've never given my life to Jesus Christ. I've never believed in him and understood that he died for my sin. And every time I do something bad, I'm dishonoring his sacrifice. And you need to be saved for the first time tonight. But nothing, nothing changes in your life until you change your heart. Your life, your priorities, the things that you love, the things you focus on, they're not going to change until you focus your heart on God. And, and so I beg you tonight that if you are sitting here struggling with this, that you would make it right tonight. And, and you know, we look at, we look at John 3.30, and it says, for God to increase in our life, we must decrease, right? And so it literally means that we have to put aside our pride, our desires, and our selfish ways, and what others think. We have to put that aside, and instead be filled with God.